Sons, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the July 13th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off here in Washington, where former Manchester United football star Wayne Rooney has been named the new head coach of Major League Soccer's D.C. United team. Um, I've seen a few a few articles, certainly back in England, um, on this is possibly a backward step in my managerial career. Um, I really find that a bit disrespectful to, to this league. Um, I feel the experience I gained at Derby County over the, the past 18 months has, has been great in my development as a, as a coach, as a manager. And to, to really come here back to the MLS, back to DC United, was an exciting challenge for me, um, something which I feel can develop me as a coach, but also the team needs um, to improve. I think that's obvious for everyone to see. And I really believe with my capabilities of developing players, young players, um, of course, um, we're working hard to get a few new players in. Um, we can really get this club back to successful ways again, and it's going to take a lot of hard work, but that's what I'm here to do and, and really improve the team. As Wayne Rooney said, it's obvious the D.C. United team needs improvement. D.C. United has a record of five wins, ten losses, and two draws, placing it 13th out of 14 teams in Major League Soccer's Eastern Conference. The 36-year-old Rooney played for D.C. United between 2018 and 2019, scoring 23 goals in 48 regular season appearances. At the news conference here in Washington, Rooney said he hopes to light a fire under the players and instill in them a hard-working mentality. Where the players have been at this season, um, I believe they're underperforming. I believe there's a lot more for them players to give. Um, the organisation has to be right um, for the players. They have to be hard to beat. And there's principles and a mentality which I have to make sure I put in ten players so when they go on the pitch, they become a real horrible team to play against. And that's but also exciting. That's what I'm planning on doing. Wayne Rooney returns to Washington after a turbulent 17-month managerial stint with Darby County, during which the English club was marred by financial trouble and relegated to the third tier. Rooney says he hopes his spell with D.C. United will help him to eventually manage a bigger team. Of course, I'm an ambitious person. One day I want to manage at the top level. And this is part of that, 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 that process in terms of coming here, trying to develop this club, trying to get success here, but also develop myself as a, as a, as a manager. And, um, but also the connection I've got with the club. Um, being here before, um, there isn't a, another MLS team I would have went to um, other than DC United. So um, I'm proud to, to be here as, as manager, proud to and try and develop this club both on the field. That's Wayne Rooney, the new head coach of Major League Soccer's D.C. United team. And he spoke here in Washington. The World Athletics Championships will begin Friday, July 15th in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon. 
This will mark the first time the championships have been held in the USA. The track and field action will take place at the University of Oregon's Hayward Field, which has a history spanning more than 100 years. Kenya is once again expected to lead the African charge in Eugene. The Kenyans led all African countries at the 2019 World Championships in Doha with 11 medals, 5 gold, 2 silver, and 4 bronze. That placed Kenya second overall on the Doha medals table behind the USA, which tallied 29 medals, 14 gold, 11 silver, and 4 bronze. Kenyan fans are confident their country's athletes will win more medals than Eugene. We caught up with some of those fans on the streets of Nairobi. My name is Natasha Chelsea. I come from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm hopeful that we bring as much as medals that we can and win as much as races that we can. All I can say is do your best and you have our supports. Bring back the gold medals back home. We'll be waiting for you at the airport to celebrate you guys. Make us proud in the races. I'm looking forward to watching Helen Obiri because she won two consecutive times, 5,000 meters race. So hopefully, I hope she'll secure the third title this time. My name is Anasho Noano from Nairobi, Kenya. My message to the athletes that will be representing Kenya at the World Championships in Oregon is that they should represent us to the fullest. We wish them nothing but the best. Um, they participated in such competitions before and they've done the country proud. So this is just one of those moments that we really expect them to Represent us to the fullest. Bring us all the medals that you can and we'll be here to support you all the way. Some of the athletes that I'm looking forward to be watching during this um, World Championships is the fastest man in Africa, that is Ferdinand Omanyala. Omanyala has shown us that He's a man who's capable of shattering any type of record that he set before him. Already a couple of weeks ago, he managed to shatter the record that was uh, held by a fellow African to make him the fastest man in Africa. So he's definitely a person that um, we are going to be watching. Uh, he's mentioned a couple of times that uh, he's been looking up to some of the Jamaican runners, sprint runners. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be comparing against them at the World Championships. I'm expecting the Kenya national team to win around five gold medals, three silvers and two bronze medals. So I'm expecting more gold medals going into this particular competition. My name is Valerie Kemonto. Uh, I come from Kisi. My message is... Uh, our athletes have been working and uh, setting their goals towards the upcoming uh, Oregon Athletes Championship. Uh, and I'm sure they are in it to win it. Our athletes with a good discipline, not giving in, and uh, a good character, I believe we are, will bring home several medals. We have uh, athletes who've been bringing several medals from before. So I'm sure they'll secure the medals again and again and again. Um, my favorite is Ferdinand uh, Manyala. Yes. Uh, and uh, Helen Obiri, since she's from my place. Uh, we have um, Mary Mora with the 800 meters race. Uh, Ruth Chepngetich. 
She's also a marathoner with, uh, but I'm not sure uh, of her race. Uh, Beatrice Chepkoet, 300 meters steeplechase, and the rest, there are many. My name is Tony Cheng. I'm from uh, the capital city of Kenya, Nairobi. At the moment, we are really doing very well in sprints, especially the 100 meters where uh, Omanyale is going to represent us. Remember, Omanyale is the fastest African uh, in the race and uh, the seventh fastest person this year. So we are looking uh, for a good race. Um, um, uh, is a medal prospect. In the 3,000 meters uh, steeplechase, we are looking for amendments. Remember, we lost the uh, Olympic title. So for men, we are very sure that uh, it has to come back home. For the 10,000 meters, we know the Ethiopians have been really pushing us, uh, especially for the ladies and, uh, and men. The coaches did a very good selection, and this time, I don't think the Ethiopians are going to get both goals. Either we get gold in men or women, or we share men and women. Of course, the 1500 meters we are going to retain. Uh, we have the the among the five uh, athletes, two two are, two of the best times are this year. And remember, in the 800 meters, men and women, we've been doing so well in the Diamond League. So we expect nothing less than seven gold medals and improve our previous performance of number two to number one. The, the athletes are selected have been taking part in the Diamond League, so the preparations have been superb, very superb. And uh, remember, our trials is one of the best um, events in the world after Olympics and World Athletic and World Championship. So the selection was being done, the first three for Oregon Championship, then the next three for the Commonwealth Games. Or they were looking at the best if we could combine for both events. So it has been good. The preparation has been always good. My name is James Were from Nairobi, Kenya. Okay, some of the races that I will be watching out is 100 meters, that is Ferdinand Omanyala, and uh, there's 15 meters uh, Feth Kipiagon, and there's also 15 meters Abel, Abel uh, Kipsang. There are several Timothy Cheruyot, and there's also 800 meters I'll be looking for Mary Mora. There are several races, and but there are specific races like steeplechase. Also, I will be looking. There are upcoming athletes like Amos Serem, so I'll be looking out for them. The message I have for the athlete, we just do it the, the Kenyan way, because we also, we are champions, so if we go to Oregon, let's do it the Kenyan way and represent the country. I think uh, the medals we're going to win, uh, if I can count in the medal bracket like bronze, I'm seeing like uh, three bronze. Uh, silver, I'm seeing like seven, and and the gold I'm seeing like five. You've been listening to Kenyan Athletics fans sharing their thoughts about the upcoming World Athletics Championships from the streets of Nairobi, Kenya. Hi guys, I'm Ferdinando Manyala, the fastest man in Africa, African 100 meter record holder. And now you're listening to Sunny's Side of Sports on The Voice of America. Ghana is sending seven athletes to the World Championships in the USA. To find out more, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted the CEO of the Ghana Athletics Association, Bawa Fuseni. Yes, Ghana is taking part in the World Athletics Championships in Oregon, UG, in five events with seven athletes. We are participating in 100 meters in 200 meters, in 800 meters, women long jump, and men 400. The athletes are Azamati Benjamins, 
he's doing 100 and 4 by 100. Just a Paul Amwa, he's doing 100, 200, and 4 by 100. We have Alessa Mokwa, he's doing men 800. We have Deborah Aqua, she's doing women long jump. And the men 4 by 100. Azamati Benjamin, just a Paul Amwa, just a Menu Odro, Sean Safu Enchi, and Emmanuel Yebua. Are you optimistic of podium performances by Team Ghana at the championships? Yes, I'm very optimistic about the, the team podium performance, especially in the men 100 meters, men 4 by 100, and possibly the women long jump. I'm not discounting the, the performance of others, but my optimistics is on 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 the, on this three event the men four by hundred the men 100 meters and the ladies uh, and the ladies long jump looking at their their personal times and their season time this time around they go into this competition much much better prepared than they went than they were last year when they qualified to the championship so i'm really looking forward for a very good performance and possibly to pick up a medal to be on the podium at the Oregon. Do you think the athletics trials in Benin City, Nigeria, assisted Team Ghana's preparations for the championships? Yes, the Benin Championship or the Benin, the Benin City Nigeria National Trial Championship helped a lot of our athletes who are rather preparing for the Commonwealth Games. None of those going to the World Championships were in Ghana at that time. The competition, four of those athletes going to the Commonwealth Games were in the Benin City during the Nigerian National Trials. So it also helped them to boost their morale. It's give them the necessary international exposure they need to, to need before going to the Commonwealth Games. So yes, it helps the athletes. When they came back to Ghana, they beat everybody in our last national trials in Cape Coast. So it helped those who were going to the Commonwealth Games but not going to the World Championships. That's Bawa Fusaini, the CEO of the Ghana Athletics Association, and he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Accra, Ghana. Hello, my name is Deborah Aqua, and I'm one of Ghana's long and triple jumpers. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Coming up, a conversation with the director of the Center for Effective Public Management, Elaine Kmark. She analyzes the role of domestic extremist groups in the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, national and state efforts to restore abortion rights in America, and President Joe Biden's declining poll numbers and what they mean for the upcoming midterm elections. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Spoilery greetings. This is Chukwe Bukaya Nekuchi, Nigerian shot put record holder, Commonwealth silver medalist, African Games and African Championships gold medalist. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. 
Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. The National Football League, the top league in American-style football, recently hosted its first African developmental camp in Ghana's capital, Accra. The week-long program was aimed at finding fresh talent and building the sport's popularity across Africa. In this encore sunny side of sports presentation, Sananu Tord reports from Accra. It was all fun and euphoria at the Kempinski Hotel in Accra, where fans of the National Football League, the NFL, assembled to meet with football athletes, stars and legends of the game. This is the first time the NFL has held an event in Africa as part of its goal to see the sports grow outside of the United States. According to NFL International's Chief Operating Officer, Damani Leach, the league hopes to increase the number of players from Africa and build its foreign fan base. The UN projects in the next 30 years, half the world's population growth is going to come from Africa. So more and more young people in the continent, um, rapid urbanization, more and more people moving into cities, becoming consumers of sports and entertainment. And as that grows and develops, we want the NFL to be in a position to grow and develop with it. The week-long event was dubbed NFL Africa, the touchdown, and hosted 49 athletes from seven African countries. The athletes camped and trained with professional players from the NFL, including Ghana's Jeremiah Ousu Kramwa. The training camp is part of the NFL's International Player Pathway Program, IPPP, which seeks to identify foreign talents and integrate them into the league. Nigeria's Osi Umanyora is a two-time NFL champion with the New York Giants and a leader behind the talent search in Africa. He said his goal is to make champions of African athletes. Well, we have over 100 players of, N- of African descent in the NFL right now. And if you look at the trends, you probably see maybe 10% of the NFL labor force will be coming from Africa uh, pretty soon. And then also all those guys wanted to do something back home, but nobody really knew what to do. So what better thing to do than to come over here, come home, and give people an opportunity to be exactly where you at. So that's the whole premise behind everything we're doing. <laughs> Another part of the project is to give children the opportunity to learn flag football. In a two-day event, the NFL team trained sports teachers and students from 10 schools in Accra about the less violence version of the sport. Ifyalo is the NFL's head of community and grassroots development. She says the program encourages Ghanaian kids to play sports both locally and abroad. From here, those schools are going to go away and deliver flag um, and build towards a tournament in November. So we'll hold our first ever Accra flag football championships. Within that, a team from those schools will be selected to represent Ghana at the Pro Bowl in the International Division in 2023. Ghana's Vice President, Dr. Mohamedou Baumia, lauded the initiative and pledged the government's support to help the NFL to grow in Ghana. Sana Anutod for VOA News, Accra, Ghana. Sunny Young in Washington, 
And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on the voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA sunny sports. Also, please note, we've moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio shows, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on VOAAfrica.com. Turning to tennis, newly crowned Wimbledon champion Elena Rabakina says her title at the All England Club was a collective triumph and would not have been possible without the support of the Kazakhstan Tennis Federation. Rabakina beat Tunisia's Anz Jabur in three sets in the women's singles final at Wimbledon. Rabakina was born in Moscow, Russia. She switched allegiance to Kazakhstan in 2018 to get more financial support. At a news conference in Kazakhstan, the 23-year-old Rabakina said the move was a big boost to her tennis career. Of course, in the moment I started to represent Kazakhstan, I was just happy that I can continue playing and uh, it was professional career so no one knew how it's gonna be so of course I'm super happy that uh, in the end uh, everything happened in this way and uh, I think it was a very important decision for me and uh, uh, with all the support of the Kazakhstan Federation with the support of uh, Bulajamitovic uh, it's I think it's uh, our win together from junior career to the professional, it's it's very difficult, and not many people can make it, and especially uh, become uh, very high-ranked players. So uh, I think it's very important, and uh, for me, it was very important time. So I'm really thankful and uh, grateful for for the time and opportunity I got. Elena Rabakina also got an opportunity to lift the Wimbledon trophy. She says it was a thrill to win her first major title. Uh, it felt amazing, of course, and uh, I didn't really un- understand in the moment uh, I finished the match that I won the biggest slam and uh, the biggest tournament. So I'm super happy, and for sure it's a different time for me now. Uh, so many... Uh, people uh, waiting for me, so many attention, so it's not going to be easy, but uh, I'm going to try to take some time to recover, rest, and prepare for my next tournaments. That's Wimbledon tennis champion Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan. She didn't know it at the time, but switching her nationality from Russia to Kazakhstan in 2018 proved to be a very smart move. Players from Russia and Belarus were banned from this year's Wimbledon because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 1935 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context 
with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In pro basketball, the Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics last month four games to two in the NBA Finals. It was the fourth title in the past eight years for the Warriors. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, let's look back on Golden State's championship. And we begin with a report from the AP's Gethin Coolbaugh. For the fourth time in eight years, the Golden State Warriors are NBA champions after beating the Boston Celtics 103-90 in Game 6. Stephen Curry led the way with 34 points, Andrew Wiggins scored 18, and Draymond Green amassed 12 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. Curry earned his first NBA Finals MVP award after averaging 31.2 points in the series. The ability to be on the stage and play with amazing teammates against a great Boston Celtics team that you know gave us everything to try to get to the finish line this one hits different for sure Jalen Brown scored 34 while Jason Tatum had 13 for the Celtics who fell short of their first title since 2008 it's hard getting to this point and it's even harder you know getting over the hump and winning it's been a long journey a long process you know that's what I took from it that is it's tough and we gotta take it up another level to do what we, what we want to do Geffen Coolbaugh Boston Thanks, Geffen. Now we'll hear from the two head coaches, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors and Ime Udoka of the Boston Celtics. Kerr has now won a total of nine NBA championships, four as a coach and five as a player. He says this latest trophy holds a special place. Well, they're all unique. I think this one may have been the most unlikely just from the standpoint of where we've been the last couple of years, a lot of unknowns with injuries to Clay. Um, you know, Draymond at the end of the year, Steph at the end of the year, um, a lot of young guys, a, kind of a new core, uh, or, or a new group around our core, I should say. Um, but um, it, it's really special to see guys like Wiggs and, and Loon and Gary Payton um, just how far they've come, um, the impact they made. Jordan Poole, same thing. And I, I know I'm going to forget people, but it takes uh, a full team effort to do this. And we just had a, a, a great group who uh, who got it done. Meanwhile, Celtics head coach Ime Udoka says he had this message for his team after the Game 6 loss in Boston. You know, it's going to hurt, and it, it'll hurt for a while and probably – you know, that stuff never goes away. I've lost one before. And so um, that was part of the message. Uh, let it propel us forward. Uh, the experience and growth and progress that we made this season. Uh, obviously, getting to your ultimate goal and, and falling a few games short uh, is going to hurt. And there are a lot of guys in there yeah, very emotional right now. So the message was, you know, we thank them for the effort and the growth and everything they allowed us to do coaching-wise this year. Um, and the biggest biggest message was learn from this, uh, grow from it, take this experience and see there is another level to get to with a team like Golden State who has been there, done that, and, and it was evident in a lot of ways. And just uh, don't come back the same as players, coaching staff, and uh, let this feel you throughout the offseason the next year. This year, 
NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors reflected on his team's championship journey. Then you go through these last two years and conversations, narratives, we're too old, you know, the uh, parallel timelines of developing young guys and keeping our core together, all those tough decisions that we had to make, um, that weighs on you for as much time as we were going through it. And then you get to the point where you're in a playoff series against you know Denver and then Memphis and then Dallas and get to Boston, and it's like we're right here, and it's surreal. And then you get to the finish line, and – uh, that's why I think this one is definitely different because of just the three years of baggage we carried coming out of that game six in 2019. I mean, these last two months of the playoffs, these last three years, these last 48 hours, every bit of it <clears throat> has been a uh, emotional roller coaster on and off the floor. And you're carrying all of that on a daily basis to try to realize a dream and a goal like we did tonight. That's four-time NBA champion Steph Curry, the most valuable player of the 2022 NBA Finals. And that wraps up the July 13th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.